Our text this morning is taken from Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, just one verse. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Our scripture reading that Brother Darrell read warned us about forgetting the Lord. And this verse here reminds us of the importance of remembering the Lord. Some say this psalm was possibly written by David when the children of Israel were preparing for battle. Certainly a good thing to remember the Lord as we're preparing for battle. You know, the word remember is mentioned 148 times, according to the research I found. And the word forget is mentioned approximately 88 times. So if we were going to use that as a barometer, we might say that the Lord wants us to remember more than we forget. Unfortunately, we get that reversed sometimes. I think we forget the things we should remember, and we remember the things that we should forget at times. Of course, this is something that's common to all of us, remembering and forgetting. It's just a part of life. Sometimes it can be a bit embarrassing. We've all probably had that occurrence when we forget somebody's name. Or maybe you find yourself introducing yourself to somebody who you've just met just a short time before. I've done that. And if I've done that to any of you, I apologize. It's not intentional. It's just something that happens from time to time. You know, sometimes it can be inconvenient. My wife and I, when we first moved here, we went to Portland, Providence to visit her aunt who had been hospitalized. And when we were leaving, we somehow got turned around inside the hospital and we ended up going out the opposite door that we came in at. And for 45 minutes, I wandered around the parking structure trying to find our car. I began to think it was actually stolen. And then I realized we were on the wrong side of the hospital. So... Sometimes these things can be inconvenient and embarrassing. They're not usually life-threatening, but they are inconvenient nonetheless, but they happen. But the Word of God tells us there's a type of forgetfulness that is far worse than just an inconvenience or an embarrassment. That is when people forget the Lord. Psalm 50, 22 says, Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Psalm 9.17 lets us know that the wicked shall be turned into hell in all the nations that forget God. The word forget as it's used here in these verses isn't indicating something that you can't recall. It's not talking about forgetfulness that sometimes comes with age or maybe a medical condition, circumstances we can't control. This kind of forgetfulness is intentional. It means to ignore or to disregard or discount or discredit or disobey. All of those are forms of forgetfulness, and that's what God here is warning against. Of course, we know on the positive side of that, the Lord also tells us in Psalm 33, verse 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. So we see the positive side of remembering the Lord. 
Behold, the eyes of the Lord is upon them that fear him and upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So we see it's a good thing to remember the Lord. The Bible tells us the best time to remember the Lord is when we're young. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember thou thy creator in the days of thy youth. You know, it's good to remember the Lord at any time or at any age. And certainly we hear testimonies about people who were saved later in life. God was merciful to them and he they called on the Lord. Maybe they hadn't even heard the gospel till they were older and the Lord can save a person like that. And we thank the Lord for his mercy. But we would all agree the best time to serve the Lord is when we're young. I remember an older brother in Woodlake, Brother Morris Wood. I still remember his testimony. He didn't come to the faith in the Lord till much later in his life. Been born and raised in a Christian home, grew up in a minister's home, saw miracles many times over in that home, and he knew God was real, believed the Lord existed, knew God could change a heart and life, but he just disregarded it. And he said he made a deal with the Lord as he came of age, and he decided he wasn't going to go to church anymore. And he told the Lord one day, he said, I'll make a deal with you. If you don't bother me, I won't bother you. You don't bother me, I won't come to you when I have a problem. Well, for many years, God honored that request. And he forgot about the Lord, but he went for many years and came time to retire. And he thought he had everything in place, but he found himself facing some serious medical concerns. And he became very frightened. And he began to think about that deal that he made with the Lord. But thankfully, even though he had forgotten God, God hadn't forgotten him. And as he began to deal with his heart, he, one day he just turned to the Lord. He repented. He asked the Lord for help. And God was there to rescue him and help him. But I'll never forget his testimony. He said one regret he had in life was that he didn't serve the Lord when he was younger. So we know it says to remember our Lord and our Creator in the days of our youth. We don't want to be foolish enough to think that we can put God off. And then maybe at the end of our life, when we're all spent and used up, we can offer Him what's left or somehow we can repent in the hour of death. That is the exception rather than the norm. It doesn't usually happen that way. So we know that the Word of God tells us the best time to remember the Lord is when we're young. I'm thankful for accounts we have in the Bible of those who remember the Lord in their youth. We have an account in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'll read just a few verses here. I don't think these verses need any introduction because when I read this verse, we'll all know who it's speaking of here. 1 Samuel 17, 24. It says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that has come up? It's speaking here of Goliath, this giant. And it said, when all the men of Israel saw this man, they fled. There wasn't one single man in that entire army willing to take up the challenge to go and fight this giant. Well, because they had forgotten 
the Lord their God. They had forgotten their deliverer. They had forgotten who it was that was going to fight this battle for them. And it says too, uh, it says they fled before the Lord. They said, have you seen this man that's come up? All they could see was this obstacle in front of them. But you know, fearfulness follows forgetfulness. We see that. Isaiah 51, verse 12 and 13 says, I, even I, am he that comforteth you. Who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die of the son of man which shall be made as grass and forgettest the Lord thy maker that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth and has feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor. You know, when we forget the Lord, fear enters in. And we see that happening here. You wonder how an entire nation could forget God. Well, sadly, forgetfulness usually starts at the top. Verse 11 of that same chapter says, When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. When a nation's leaders forget God, sadly, tragically, it's a trickle-down effect that people will usually follow. And again, we see that situation here. But thank God, even in all these accounts, it seemed like God always saved a remnant, a remnant or raised up somebody even in the midst of a perverse and forgetful generation that would stand up for the Lord. But certainly if anyone would have been qualified to fight against Goliath, it would have been King Saul. The Bible says he was head and shoulders of all the men in Israel. He was the biggest and strongest person they had on their side. Not only that, but he'd been handpicked by God himself to be the first king of Israel. And you read about previous accounts of God winning wonderful battles for Saul and the armies of Israel. said when Saul was anointed king, it said that the Lord put a new heart and a new spirit in Saul, and he was even counted among the prophets. Certainly, if anyone should have remembered the Lord, it would have been Saul. But tragically, he forgot all about God. And we see him cowering in the trenches with the rest of the army there. No doubt they had forgotten all the stories and the accounts of what God had done for their people in the past. They had forgotten how God had led their fathers out of Egyptian bondage, how the Lord had parted the Red Sea. This was part of their history. They should have known this stuff, but they forgot. They forgot how God provided manna and quail in the wilderness when they didn't have any food. They had forgotten how the Lord brought water out of a rock when they were thirsty. They had forgotten about that mighty victory that God had given them over the city of Jericho. That was just about 300 years before this account we read about here. They had forgotten all of these things. And they had forgotten the promises that God had given them. You think about some of these promises that God gave to the children of Israel. He said he would go before them into battle. He promised to drive out their enemies. We read one account where God sent a swarm of hornets before them to drive out the enemy. He told them that everywhere where, uh, where they traveled, God would give them that land for an inheritance. He promised to bring them into that promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. He promised they would be able to live in a city and in uh, houses that they hadn't built and they would eat the fruit of the land that they hadn't even planted. God had promised them all of these things. 
And he only required them to do two things. To see these promises fulfilled. Only two things they had to do. They had to remember God. And they had to keep his commandments. That's it. Just two things. What did they do? Well, Psalm 78 verse 41 and 42 says, They turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. You know, when I read that, I, I was kind of amazed. It says that they actually limited the Holy One of Israel. You can actually limit God's power in your life. The creator of the universe, the one who spoke these worlds into existence, the one who's willing to fight for us, but we can limit his power and his ability to work in our lives. And how do they do this? It says they remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. They'd forgotten God, and as a result, they found themselves cowering in fear. You know, as I think about the children of Israel, I, maybe you've wondered the same thing. You think, what is their problem? How could they doubt God after all of these wonderful things and these things that God had promised them, things they saw with their own eyes? But I thought, you know, sometimes are we really any different today as God's children? Think about what he's promised to us. He says, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Never leave thee or forsake thee. Do you ever feel like you're forsaken? Or like somehow you're in this place, God must have forgotten you? Well, if you're feeling that way, you aren't remembering this promise here. He says, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. How about this one? 1 Peter 5, 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Did you bring some burdens with you this morning when you came into God's house? Are you carrying things on your shoulders that God never meant for you to carry? Well, if you are, you're forgetting this promise. The Lord says, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Even the little ones, cast them all on the Lord. God cares for you. That's a promise to his people. How about this one? Psalm 46, 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. What do we do when we're in trouble? Is God our first resort or our last resort? So he's a very present help. God is right there alongside us, willing to fight for us. But we must remember the Lord. We have to remember these promises. Matthew 6, 31 through 33, Jesus' Jesus' own words. Take no thought what you shall eat or drink or wherewithal shall you be clothed. Your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. When you know you're laying in bed and you're wide awake and you're tossing and turning and worried about how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to uh, supply and meet the needs of your family and all of these things, are we remembering this promise here? Jesus says, take no thought. Seek God first, and all these other things will be added unto you. I think about that song. It says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This is a promise to all of us. And get a hold of that. But you know, these promises don't do us any good if we forget about them. We want to remember the Lord. 
And one of my favorite promises in all of God's word, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer him to be tempted above that which ye are able to bear, but will with that temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. God is faithful in time of temptation. God is faithful and he won't allow you to be tempted above what you can handle. God will never allow that. This is a promise in God's word. You know, anyone who's ever yielded to temptation, anyone who's ever fallen back into sin or has backslidden did so intentionally. They intentionally forgot because God's promise here says it won't happen. If you remember the one who's faithful, God can help you. He can help you during those times of temptation. I was thinking about Ian's testimony the other night. Told about how he remembered when he was saved in eighth grade at a youth camp and knew the Lord had made a change in his life. And as he started school that following year, he said he could take it to the very place where he decided he was no longer going to serve the Lord. And he willingly turned his back on the Lord and walked away from the Lord. And he knew he did it. Thankfully, God was merciful. He brought him back and restored him. But you know, if he would have remembered this promise, he probably could have avoided that in the first place. The good news is, God can help you. If you're in a backslidden condition, the Lord knows and he can save you. But the better news is you don't have to backslide. You don't have to be worried about when those temptations come because Jesus here promised he'll be with you in those temptations and he'll provide a way out of those things. You know, forgetfulness leads to aimlessness. David, when he encountered this battle scene this day, could hardly believe what he saw with his eyes. You know, there on the battle scene, what he saw was God's people, the armies of the living God, cowering in the trenches. You know, instead of putting the enemy to flight, they were the ones running scared. They'd completely forgotten about God. They'd forgotten what the purpose was for them being there as a nation. You know, God had called the nation of Israel to be a holy nation, called them to be set apart, to be... Uh, to bring the gospel to the entire world. It says, out of Israel, all the nations of the world would be blessed. They were there to be an example, to lead others to the Lord and to show them what a, a life lived pleasing to the Lord looked like. And they were there also to cause other nations to fear the name of the Lord, those that would disregard the Lord. That was God's purpose. But what did he find here? They were cowering in the trenches. That was never God's purpose or designed for them, but they had forgotten about the Lord. They had forgotten their purpose because they would forgotten the Lord. But thankfully, David remembered. He said, is there not a cause? Who's going to kill this giant and take away the reproach off of Israel? Who is this one that would dare defy the armies of the living God? David knew there was a God, and he knew there was a cause, and he remembered the Lord, remembered what that cause was. You know, David remembered past victories that God had done for his people. But even more importantly, David remembered personal victories that God had won for him. Private battles there in the wilderness that maybe nobody else even knew about at the time. 
You know, sometimes it's those private battles and those victories that maybe we hold in our hearts and we don't tell others, but we don't want to forget those things because those prepare us for the bigger battle. And we know when David faced Goliath, he was able to tell Saul about that lion and that bear that came and tried to take away his father's sheep. But God delivered those things into his hand. He says, this Philistine, he'll be just like they are. David remembered the Lord. David remembered who their deliverer was and who would fight for them. He told Goliath there, he says, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. He says, This day the Lord will deliver thee into mine hand. This day. You know, deliverance can only come when we remember our deliverer. David remembered his deliverer. He says, This day the Lord will deliver thee. What about you? What if you came to the Lord and said, Lord, this day you're going to bring deliverance. We can remember our deliverer and God will deliver us in the day that we remember and call on him. You know, this battle has been going on for 40 days. No end in sight because all of these people have forgotten God. But David knew who his deliverer was. And God certainly, we know, heard and answered prayer, brought the victory. Remembering the Lord can encourage others to do the same. It tells us when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled, and the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines. You know, forgetfulness is contagious. Remembering is also contagious. Revivals can begin when people begin to remember the things that God has done and what He's promised He will do. You know, there's some things that God would have us to remember. We want to remember his deliverance. It tells us, Exodus 13.3, it says, Remember this day in which he went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. When God delivers us, we want to remember those things. That's why testimonies are so wonderful. Uh, we can think of times even when we didn't even have time to pray and God was there to deliver us. We want to remember those times. If we don't, he may not be so willing to deliver us the next time we need him to. You know, unexpressed gratitude is really the same thing as ingratitude. So we want to remember the Lord's deliverance and how he delivered us. We want to remember that all the source of our strength and blessings come from the Lord. James 1.7 says that every good and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness or shadow of turning. So we know every good and perfect gift comes from God. We don't want to forget that. It doesn't come by our own hand. It comes from the Lord. We also want to remember God's warnings, and they're numerous throughout the Word of God. We want to remember that Jesus is the only source of our salvation. He says he's the door to the sheepfold. Anyone who comes any other way is a thief and a robber. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. There's no other name under heaven whereby man must be saved except through Jesus Christ. So we need to remember who the source of our strength is, who our salvation is. Again, we want to remember his warnings. Luke 17, 32. This is a verse I think we can all memorize. It's the second shortest verse in the Bible. Just three words. Remember Lot's wife. That's a warning. 
We know the account. God had miraculously delivered. The angels delivered Lot and his family out of that old wicked city of Sodom. And he said, don't look back. Well, she turned around and she looked back. Well, when the Lord saves us and delivers us, the warning is don't look back. Don't have one foot in the world and one foot in the gospel. When the Lord saves us, we want to look straight ahead. We don't want to look back. You know, our feet will follow our gaze. And we know she it ended up costing her life. So remember Lot's wife. You know, there's warnings to the backslider and revelations when the angels were giving the message and Jesus was speaking to the church in Ephesus. He said, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works. And he warned to do it quickly, or else he said he would come, and he would remove their place out of the kingdom of God. Remember, from where you're fallen, remember, repent, and return. Again, if you're here in a backslidden condition, that's the worst place in the world you ever want to find yourself. But Jesus is saying, Remember from where you're fallen. But repent. God has a solution. He has a remedy. We can remember the Lord and those promises. And if you're willing to do that, the Lord will restore you this morning. We want to remember that the Lord is coming again. He tells us, watch therefore, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. Second Peter, he warned us, of a time we would see in the last days. He said in the last days, scoffers would come and they'd say, where is the promise of His coming? Things are going to continue on as they always have since the beginning of time. Oh, but He said, watch. Watch. We know the Lord's return is imminent. We know it's so close. I was reminded again of Brother Eric's message on Tuesday. We realize we're at the very threshold of the Lord's return. We want to keep our eyes on the Lord. We want to remember God's promises and His warnings to us. I'll close with one more portion of Scripture. This is a beautiful promise. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16 and 18. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. If you remember the Lord, the Lord will remember you especially on that day when the Lord returns. We want to be among those that remember the Lord. We want to call upon the name of the Lord. We want that book of remembrance to include our name. We want our name in that Lamb's book of life. And if it's there and we remember the Lord when He returns, He's going to remember us. What a hope we have. Again, if you're here this morning and you're not ready to meet the Lord, good news, God has given you one more opportunity. Don't forget about the Lord today. If the Lord has blessed you, remember those blessings. Thank Him for those things, and God will continue to bless you. Let's come and pray. The song is 630. These altars are open.